Hey everybody, this is Richard Maxwell. Welcome to another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. Uh, This week we've got a great discussion. Started out talking about this idea of where does the line for technology need to be in terms of when it's a crutch versus when it's okay to use it. Are we... um, basically using it to create stuff or are we using things that maybe are causing us to think of it as more artificial in the long term. It was a really interesting discussion with a whole bunch of CMAS students. It eventually wound us up into the area of what actually constitutes a song uh, or a piece of music as opposed to just a reconfiguring of already existing elements and what's the difference between those two from a a creative standpoint we didn't quite get done with that second part and it's something that i think will continue um in the future uh, on other episodes but it was a really really good conversation and we're excited to bring it to you with the podcast episode this week Uh, as always you can find out more about the arcadia creative musical arts and sciences program at www.arcadiacmas.com and you can always find me at richardmaxwell.net Anyway, uh, it was a great podcast episode as I said to record, a really good conversation had a really good time with these students and here you go (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so um, if anybody decides to come in and join us, we will, but what's real quick as we always do, just go around the room and who's here and then I I have a topic for you. Do you want us to do a random fact again? If you want, or you can yeah. just, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll do yeah. random facts next time. Let's do, let's do who's here. Okay. Well, I'm Carson. I'm a freshman. I'm in first hour. It's cool. I'm Bonham. I've been in a lot of podcasts this year. Yes. I'm a freshman, fourth hour. You've been in all of them, actually. All of them this year. Cool. Good. Oh, so have I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Chloe Wade. Um, sophomore year, first year in CMS, and I'm in six hour. Um, hi, I'm Emma. I'm... Uh, Ninth grader and I'm... First hour in CMAS, yay. <laughs> Can't talk. You're good. I'm Andrew. That's all you got to hear about me. That's all right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, make sure um, the microphone will pick up it as much as you can. Use your oh, call it, so teacher good. voices as best you can. My wow. drumming voice. There you go, yes. Okay. <laughs> Not my marching band voice, though. There is a difference. Please That's fair. <laughs> so, okay, so here's my question for you this week. So I was thinking about the fact that and I know this will continue to happen regardless, and it's fine, but a lot of our podcast episodes when we've been having discussions or just in general in classes, we seem to always wind up somehow connected to technology and music or the industry or how it's affected things. Always. So, which is not to say bad, certainly not bad that we're having the conversation, and not necessarily bad that the technology exists, but I was wondering what your perspective as teenagers in 2018 is on the idea of how technology is being used in, you know, maybe not even so much in the music industry part, because we could talk forever just even on the social media aspects and marketing part, and not that that's not valid, but I was thinking more about how music itself is created. Where is it good? Where is it bad? What do you think about that? That's, this is, you know, a little bit of background. This has always been an issue. This has been an issue basically since recording started and we're now talking about technically over a hundred years ago, there's always been this issue of what could we do? As people started to use studios in different capacities, and especially in the 1960s, although there is definitely some evidence before that, you know, there was, a, there was 
a lot of conversations that started to come up about, you know, well, is that really fair? Is it somehow cheating? Um, some people, for example, love the Beatles' later work because they're so experimental, specifically in the studio. This is a bit of a cliche example, but you probably all kind of know what I'm talking about. But there are people that feel that that was a betrayal. Because they went, well, because the Beatles were... Top 10 anime betrayal. They, <laughs> no, but, be, no but, but, but seriously, because the Beatles were known for being this incredibly skilled live band. And they were. They really were a good live band. A lot of people don't realize just how good the four of them were on stage, especially for the time. And there was this view that when they went in and decided that they weren't going to play live anymore, and they deliberately just said, you know, we're going to be in, we're going to use the studio as an instrument. You know, a lot of people felt like that was somehow cheating. Um, so I'm just wondering, and there's lots of other examples throughout history, but nowadays, the truth is, whether you like it or not, there are entire musical art forms that are predicated entire, 100%, they are technology-based. There is nothing acoustic happening. And I'm wondering, is that good? Is that bad? What do you, what do you think about that? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering, what do you think about, like, that's changed things? I think no matter what, art is art. Okay. Yep. And no matter what your personal opinion is about it, that person likes it because they made it. Okay. Even if they don't like it in some form or another, they're always going to like it because it's theirs. Okay. Um, but what about as, as a listener? As the, that's that's, well, that's as good. A listener, as a listener, too, that's like... It, it is a little bit different when it comes to being a listener because obviously, like, personal preference. Like, I'm not so into, like, the electronic music and things like that. But also, you look into a bunch of different things and, like, guitar players are using, like, Axe Effects, for example, okay. for their guitar tones. So there is a lot, of, a lot of things going on that you have to honestly, like, respect and adapt at this point because it's really expensive to record analog and... <laughs> See, okay, so that's that actually brings up a really good point, though. Where's the line between practical? Like, for example, Axe Effects is a great example. Axe Effects is not cheap. For those of you who don't know what it is, it's an extremely no, yeah. versatile guitar processing system that is honestly about impossible to tell the difference between the processed effects that you get from this thing and the true... Um, Items that it's that it's it's based. I know off bands of. that don't that don't even tour with amps. They just tour right. with their Axe Effects mm -hmm. and like MIDI. Yeah, and that's all they have. There were stories about everything. Rush, Getty Lee from Rush using Sans amps pedals basically, and that was it to run the, straight to the board. They just ran it through the monitors because it sounded good. It was, you know, it, it took away from parts of the problems. So the so what I was going to say though is, you brought up a really important point: cost. Okay, Axe Effects. If you look at it from a guitar pressing a guitar processing standpoint. It's a couple grand. That's not cheap. But, but if you take lasts. all the gear that it gives you access to and were to buy all of that, you are looking at, oh my gosh, I can't even I can't even think of how much money that would cost you. It'd be like you know way more half than a million dollars or something. Costs. Yeah, it would it would be crazy. So that's part of this too. Where's when's it okay? Is that is I that a I guess is that a different component? Works. Okay, so is that a different component than somebody goes in and buys a sampler no because if it works for what you're doing and it like i said it's still your art so if it works for what you're doing and it sounds how you want it to sound i think it's okay okay because as long as it works for what you're trying to make it do you know what i mean so like it might not be practical for somebody to 
go in and use an amp because they're recording an album in their apartment. You know what I mean? So they can't turn Or in a classroom where right? there's classroom. 40 people that you can't... Exactly. But that's part of what... I mean, not to be funny, that's part of why we've had to design things here the way we have. It's, a, it's not because I don't want amps. It's because you put an amp in the room and now we're all done. <laughs> um, okay, let me ask you all this then. Let's run with what Bonham's talking about for a second. Because I think he's on to something. Way to go. No, this is good. No, but this this is this is why I like having these conversations with you guys. Okay, so let's let me throw a hypothetical. Can I I'm gonna go online, I'm gonna buy a bunch of pre-recorded loops in a particular style. I haven't recorded anything, I haven't technically written anything. I'm gonna reconfigure those loops in a way that granted nobody's ever had that combination before. That particular Grouping has never been put together in that way. So in that regard, it's original. Can I still claim I, I wrote a song? Um, no. No. No, no, no. No, because you bought it. For, see, that, 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 that's where the line would be drawn. Okay. Is because you bought, you didn't create it yourself. You just kind of moved things around. Yeah. You didn't play. I think, I think there comes a limit to where if you like, like play it with the exception of like pencil tooling or something like that, if as long as you created it, you know okay. loops loops aren't okay in my opinion. They're not okay. Now that's okay. Loops are good for like showing how it should be and showing how it's done, but not to use it as a serious like I use this loop to make a song. Okay, I agree. What if I modify the loops? What if I process them in a way that's not see if it inherent... sounds completely different? Then it's okay because then you took something and you made okay. it your own. Yeah, I I, I, agree I, with that. I still don't like that. I mean. If you bought it, even that's if true. It's you the cheated. Same loop. Yeah. If it, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Okay. I say not even a sentence, and he's flipped. Um, <laughs> but it's. I feel like that if you bought a loop, and even if you still modify it, that's still a loop that you bought. It's not yours. Okay, but but I'm not talking about taking credit for somebody else's work. I'm just saying from the artist standpoint. I see. I. I mean. I, I see what you're implying. I, I think it just depends how heavily modified. Okay. That's true. That's true. You can't just like compress it and be like, "Oh, I changed something." Okay. Like it would have to be almost a completely different. So you song. want you're saying it needs to be yeah. something distinct. Yeah. yeah. Something that's clearly. It was one way before. Now it's not that yeah. way. Okay. What if? What if I put in? This is actually a common problem. Um, I you know let's say, I don't know. Let's just say I'm not going to pick on Chloe, but I'm going to pick on Chloe. Um, let's say Chloe decides she's got a song idea. She's got it in her head. She knows it. She doesn't have. She doesn't play. I'm gonna say drums or bass, but she hears the parts for whatever reason because of time or whatever else. Well, but but let's just say for whatever reason she doesn't have access to either be able to comfortably do what she's hearing or she doesn't have a friend or, you know, in class time. Whatever. There's some reason why her only option to get say a drum and bass part into the track is to take pre-recorded loops of drum and bass parts and rearrange them so they fit the style that she wants. But let's say, over top of that, she plays some guitar herself. Or maybe she doesn't even play guitar. Maybe she pulls in loops because of circumstance, to just so that the thing exists. Drums, bass, and guitar. But she sings over top of it. I would use it as an outline, okay. like a demo. Yeah. But I would never put it out and be like, "I made this because it got to get okay. still loose." Yeah. I would put it as a placeholder. I mean, yeah. okay. Because yeah. I feel until like until you have the opportunity to get somebody to come and play. Yeah. I mean, if it just needs more 
if, if okay. I feel like I feel like uh, it's so interesting to me because generally your generation they don't care about doing that. They get the opposite like, response. See, all the I, time would, for this. I would I would like write this a whole I would pencil good. tool a whole like five like, minute song yeah, if I had to. I okay, like, I would never use um, a loop. I feel I'd like make a loop with uh, the pencil tool. But yeah, okay, no, but that's but see at that point, yeah, that's what. You were I feel just like saying. music just sounds better when it's human. You know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. If somebody plays it, it's more genuine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if I needed a drum part, I would definitely go to Bonham to ask. Hey, can <laughs> right, you... but what if Bonham's sick that day and there's a deadline or some emergency or he can't because he's got about... fifty other people? I play drums and no, I know. I just Ebola. no, no, no. I know. I know you would. I, I, it's, it's not a good example because you were like overly day. dedicated. <laughs> what, I, what I'm what I'm simply suggesting is is that what if. The cir- I'm just saying, what if the circumstances were such? And, and to be fair, I see your point. We've been talking about a little bit about MIDI data just in class now, and how if you're not careful, it becomes very, like, it's, you get the sound, but it's very not human. Yeah. Absolutely, and I agree completely. But I guess if you're using a loop, a lot of times loops are done pre-recorded. One of the earliest loop um, libraries you could buy, um, I remember when it came out, was of Mick Fleetwood. They went in and, and just tracked Mick Fleetwood playing drums, all these different beats and grooves. And the idea was is you can have Mick Fleetwood on your... You can have Mick Fleetwood... Get it together, Chloe. No, but the idea was you could have Mick Fleetwood on your album. They came to you in audio snippets as loops. You found the one that you felt fit the song you wanted. You layered it at the right tempo and whatever, and then you played all the other parts on top of it. Why didn't you just hire him to come do it for you? Because well, because of, again, I, but again, money, costs, it's you know, expenses, circumstance, even if you could afford it, is he available, whatever else. It is McFleetwood, it's not like the guy's not busy. Oh, yeah. But I'm just saying it's a concept, and I'm not saying any of this is wrong. I'm just wondering, that's why I'm saying, where is the point, and what constitutes a song? I have, I have some people that, it's interesting... I'll say, has anybody written a song before? And they'll raise their hand, and that's good. And I'll say, you know, has anybody got an example to show whatever? And a lot of times, people will hand us, like, notebooks of lyrics. Like, here's a ton of songs. And they're using the word song. And I'm not saying this to get into semantics and, like, definitions of word. I, I mean just more in the sense that some people genuinely feel that the heart of the song is the lyrical message. And everything else around it is not unimportant. But that that's what makes the difference between I wrote a song versus I didn't. I mean, I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, no, I what gives know. what gives the song its like meaning and feeling is how the song is played. Yeah, I mean, like, or how it's interpreted. Uh, how it's interpreted. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Mark Holcomb of Periphery, he said he said this quote. Um, I don't know who that is. Okay. I'm kidding. No, I'm no. kidding. I do. I do. I'm just okay, so time. Mark Mark said <laughs> in a periphery documentary, he was like, "How do you?" He just kind of like asked like a rhetorical question, just saying like, "How? What? How do you define heavy?" Okay. And um, he he said he was like, "Is it the tuning? Is it how the riff is played? Is it how you pick? Is it how you you know how you, the the riff itself?" And he said, "It's the it's the feeling behind the player." So okay. the player could be playing in drop A, but the player is not mad, and he wants the song to be mad. The song's not going to sound mad, and that's what that's, that's fair. what he says okay. happens. Yeah. Okay. And um. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Just because Andrew got cut. Off. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, you're okay. You're fine. Did you? Oh, I thought I was going to say what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. No. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I'm sorry. So, uh, at, for our first idea project, I mean, I came up with a riff that I had used for my GEC project. Right. And we put some backing vocals, uh, backing track, we put a MIDI in, 
from Oscar, but we didn't have any lyrics because we didn't think it needed lyrics, so we put, like, a desk cant over it. Okay. I mean, it's just some notes. I feel like that's still a song. I mean, it's even if it doesn't have lyrics, it's still a song. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, that's I'm yeah. not disagreeing with you. As long as it's a complete it composition, yeah. Lyri- mm-hmm. lyrics on a piece of paper isn't a complete, isn't like a it's complete composition. It's, it's, it's just it's just the start. It's the it's very minute. So it's not just have a focus detail. line. It's you have to have a focus yeah. line that's actually focusing. It has to, from it's something other has stuff. to be somewhat complete, in my opinion. Yeah, like a demo is a song because it's somewhat complete. So so what about folk songs where it's an acapella singer by themselves is, well, is it complete though for them like did they com- if that person I says well, i completed this song right. then it's a song okay i feel like if somebody just said here's lyrics i wrote a song that's not i okay. wrote a song so, that's i have lyrics for an idea so what i'm song. hearing you say is is it's not just about the lyrics it's more about the idea that there's a mel- there's a melody there's a structure, yeah, melody structure. that therefore it applies exactly. all this other stuff whether we're hearing it directly or not because it's implied and because there's some kind of emotive element behind the performance whether it's lyrics or just the instrumental performance that's part of the uh, what's the requirement Okay. Yeah. Andrew, you said you remembered. No, yeah, I remember what I was gonna say. Okay. So, um, I think like some of the um, what a lot of people think is what you're saying at least is that um, songs can't really evoke emotion or things like that with without lyrics. But I think um, this might be kind of biased, kind of bad at writing lyrics. But it uh, I think it's really to me better even without lyrics personally just you know mm-hmm. obviously you can definitely evoke a lot of emotion especially with like yep. especially instrumentally with longer tracks mm-hmm. than um I don't know. No, there's a lot of instrumental artists that will say that they actually prefer not having lyrics because it allows the audience and the listener to interpret things much more freely. Um, but we get into this problem with vid- music videos Especially in the 80s when it, that was like first hit. <laughs> no, but a lot of artists would later go back and say like they really didn't like doing it in some ways. Not even because of like the production parts of it and the, the just the hassle of it. but Just, just the music video didn't go with the song. Or or, or it created Freddie Mercury. I've mentioned this before in class and in some other contexts. He's got a brilliant quote about it that for all the videos that Queen did, he actually said a lot in one way he did not like it because what it did is it ruined the individual's interpretation. As soon as you made a video... Everybody attributes those images with that song, no matter what else you do. It's like it. It's like almost like it curses people into a box with that. I piece. agree with that. Yeah, that's like the only the only like music videos I approve of are like snippets of live, yeah, of live video of the band playing just put together mm-hmm. and like edited really nicely. Yeah, with Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, when you think of that song, you think of the floating heads. You know, <laughs> sure. who doesn't? Right? Who doesn't yeah. think of the floating yeah. heads? Do you know how that video came about? By the way. They were booked to be on some uh, music show on TV and for whatever reason could not do the gig. So they agreed to make a video so that the song could still be broadcast for all the benefits of the promotion. That's where that video came from. Huh? It yeah. was very much an accident. They had no idea that it was going to be this monumentally successful and it turned out to be kind of like a blueprint video. Yeah, but um, it's what you think of. But that happens frequently. Yeah. Okay, so... So back to just real quick, um, back to what, where we were, and 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 then we can. We wrap have up been today. talking for five hundred forty-five measures. We have. <laughs> Go us. I think they're in four-four too. Yes, they are. Okay. Um, no, but um, 
<laughs> anyway. Way to go. <laughs> they could be different. It's Pro Tools. It could be anything. Oh my God. It also doesn't matter because we don't know the tempo. But I miss Pro Tools so much. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I know. We are. We're going to talk about that. That's actually maybe next week. We are talking at 120 BPM. But um, <laughs> let me let me um, let me let me just one more time though. Let me ask you this though. From a technology standpoint, you mentioned that there has to be an emotion behind the performance, and that's part of your issue yeah. with all of this. And I, I think that there's something very valid to that. I Wait, think there's enough... mention that? I a couple, I okay. couple, I couple of... You, a couple of if I mention that, I want to say I'm wrong, because I've heard people who just go up on stage and they write a song for the point of saying, I can sweep on my guitar. Right. So, like... Jason Richardson, for example, there's like, I find no emotion in any of his songs, but okay. I find them all to be really cool because he's really talented. Sure. But well, and some of that's also, you can be listening for different things. That's true. You know, I mean, honestly, like, like um, Janis Joplin to me is a really good example of this. I listen to Janis Joplin when I'm looking for just something that's just raw sounding, like something that's just like stripped bare of any like pretense or any kind of artifice of any kind. I just I love her sound that in that regard. But I don't listen to her when I want to when I want to hear something that I want in kind of a refined mood. And that's nothing against her. It's just because if you know Janis Joplin's voice, exactly. So so it can depend on circumstance. But, but back to my earlier question, and as it relates to that, so let's just say hypothetically again. Those loops are pre-recorded. Let's say I want something, quote, heavy. So we're looking for something, I think you used the word anger earlier. So let's anger. say somebody pre-records. Sure. Heck, I got a better one. Let's say you come in one day and you're kind of in a bad mood and you decide you're going to track some drums to sort of just cathartically get it out. So we, we throw up, you know, we throw it up on, on, in the control room a session and you just start playing away. And we get, I don't know, 30 minutes of Bonham just doing what he does, Slamming. not not necessarily for a particular song, you're just playing grooves. But there's you're a... Just there's, to play. You're just, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and we capture a mood. And let's say, you know, I don't know, it's, it's, you're, in, you're in different hours, and, and the next morning Carson comes in, and we're just going through seeing what you had done. He happens to walk in while we're doing because Whoa, what is that? And we're like, oh yeah, Bottom just tracks himself. And all of a sudden, Carson's hearing that, and he goes, wait. Go back a second. Play that. Play those two bars there for a minute. And all of a sudden, that's inspired him to come up with something else. But you weren't in the room with him. You have had no conversation. You could have been somewhere else on the planet having recorded that as a pre-recorded loop. But he takes it, adds on top of it. Are we okay? In See, terms now, of did he make a okay. piece? That would that would be okay because it was it wasn't bought it was previously mm -hmm. like like I feel like that no, well, once, you, once you pay for not, something that somebody else so what if made, you got him I think for that's free? kind of messed up. What if you got him for free? But if, I, 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 I know really I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm trying I'm deliberately trying to be difficult here because I'm that's yeah. I think it depends on like credit. Mm -hmm. Well, I, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna, okay. I'm, no, if he did give me credit for the drum I'm part, gonna, I think I'm going to okay. assume under all circumstances because we do talk about intellectual property and copyright. I'm going to assume under all circumstances we are appropriately crediting. People. Okay. I feel okay. like yeah. I so. Feel like let's assume that that's been done. I feel right. like it'd be I, okay if he told me like that yeah. he was going. Okay, to with use consent. It. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I didn't mean that you were going to steal. I meant more the idea of you made a loop. You had no an idea of what it was going to turn into later. That was the point I was trying to make. Not that he was stealing it from you or anything. I just meant the idea that the loop didn't exist. It inspires him 
to create something on top of it. Is he is he allowed by whatever defini definition we're giving it? Is he allowed to say yes? I made a thing. That's that's all I was really trying to say. Where's where's that line? Where that's that's my last that's my last question. Well, and then we'll wrap up okay. here. It's so a good question. I'll have a beardish stroke, but <laughs> <laughs> and we may this may be something stroke we need to come back to because I, I don't I don't know why, but I feel like for some reason, is in my head that that's different somehow than getting it off the internet. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and even this like, although still even more similar to the internet stuff, and a bit more of a gray area like sampling mm -hmm. and stuff. Is kind of like yeah, you know. Well, this is exactly what samples are just recordings. I mean, Same, we yeah. call them something else, but they're different. They're not. They're just recordings. Oh yeah. Let me end with this and something to think about for next time. And I appreciate you guys all being here. This has been a great conversation. Woo! Does this, and I mean this very sincerely, do you think it's possible the differences is literally just something as simple as because you know him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah, the difference? That's, that's, is that where you're running into the problem? Like the biggest yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like. Is that okay? I'm not being funny. Is that okay? Should that make a difference? Well, if you're also, and it's not mass produced, mass produced like like most loops that yeah. you would buy off the internet. Already. Okay, yeah. like that. Like he would probably be the o one of the only people to ever use that that <gasps> drum track. I'm so honored. <laughs> okay, okay, but okay, but and I know I just I kind of fibbed a little bit that I was gonna say we're done, but I just just real quick, and then hopefully we are done because I know we gotta go. But in all seriousness. Okay, so what if you make this, you make, you come in that one morning, you make the stuff, we record it. What if somebody, you know, you, and you're like, hey, can I just have the tracks? I want to mess with them myself at home. And we, of course, you take them home and you, you mix them or whatever. And for whatever reason, whatever circumstance, what if somebody comes back to you and says, Bonham, dude, segment these up, label them, put together a pack that people can download. You're going to make like tons and tons of money. So now I'm, I'm being serious. See, I would do that to make money, but not for the purpose of giving somebody else my drum tracks. <laughs> okay, so that's another conversation. So next week we're going to talk about money and motivation. Then. Money. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here and for doing this. This was a great conversation. I hope you guys have a great afternoon. See you later. All right. I want to thank everybody once again for listening to this week's podcast. This has been Creativity in Music and Music Education. As always, you can find us on iTunes for free. You can also find us any number of other places where you might get your podcasts. Please consider checking out the recording archive as well as all the other things that are going on with the students in the Arcadia Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program. You can find lots of stuff about the program and contact us and come to shows and things like that. All that information can be found at ArcadiaCMAS.com and you can always find me at RichardMaxwell.net. One more time, thanks again as always for listening and we'll see you next week.